When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, joined once again by my co-host, Corey, the Bayou Banders. And this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. All right, we're back recording on Wednesday. It's 9.06 p.m. here at Gonk. And it'll be what eight eight oh six down in Louisiana. Corey, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. Yes, it is eight oh six. Legonk. Uh, I'm doing fine, bud. Uh, I got a late had a late day, uh, but everything's good. Even though we lost, uh, that was a fucking fantastic game to watch. I don't know if you want to talk about off the rail shit first, or you just want to go straight into this uh, this game. But it, for the first time. In like two episodes, I'm excited to talk about the play of this team. Um, I think there's definitely some exciting things we can talk about. The play of Suzuki and Romanov definitely come to mind as major positives from that game in LA. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm still frustrated. I'm still not happy. But, you know, there, there's some good things to talk about. I think we should lead it off, though, with just a slight shout out to Philip Deneau. His return to Montreal... Played a fairly solid game. Um, nothing special. Didn't put up any points. But that um, tribute that Canadians gave for him, I thought was pretty nice, pretty special. I think he, it was well-earned. I was a little skeptical off the start when he stepped on the ice and the fans were booing him. I Look, there's some resentment there. I wish he had a stayed. But at the end of the day, we know now that Bergman didn't offer him a contract. Yeah. Like, like you know what he got his money he's playing in a great position in la they've got put together six wins now two of which against the habs i don't think Deneau's regretting his decision you know what i'm not going to hold anything against him i love philip Deneau. is one of my favorite habs in recent memory i'd say in the last decade and at the end of the day if i was in that building i would have been standing up there with the rest of the fans applauding him so i thought it was really nice to see and you know, I guess it's one last way of saying thank you for all you've done, Phil. Yeah. Uh, immortalized on our T-shirt. You can still get now at at our shop, perhaps nightly. Uh, yeah, it was really it was really nice. I thought it was touching. Um, I guess let me let me get your opinion on this. I'm, I get a little nervous when we do tributes to a former player that's still playing in the league like they might it might just ignite their night and make them play like way better than themselves 
So I always get a little nervous when you see shit like that. And I'm like, dude, like we might've just turned the entire second line, you know, to fucking kill. I I think you kind of have to, yeah, I think it'd be disrespectful if you don't give a guy like that a tribute. I'm not, I'm saying like, Oh no, no, I don't, I don't want to get rid of the tribute at all. But every time I see one, I always think like, dude, he's about to have like a career game. Yeah, I seem to remember uh, Pacioretty scored, right, mm-hmm. after his yeah. tribute in Montreal. But I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't bother me. I don't I don't think it's ever something I've thought of personally. Maybe I'm just a worrywart. <laughs> just an old man. Yeah, well, I don't know. Like, maybe I'm going to start thinking about it now. I didn't think Philip Deneau played, like, an outstanding game, though. No, he had One that beautiful – uh, he had that be- beautiful chance that – Excuse me, that uh, – oh, man. Uh, that Jake Allen fucking stopped. How? Don't know. But uh, – and then I believe it it went off the post afterwards. Uh, Allen's been our MVP this year. Absolutely. Allen's and another been, outstanding game from him. We can't get a win, but Jake Allen has, like, really pushed my fantasy team to, like, new heights as far as, like, we just shitloads of shots. His save percentage can be better, but um, – as far as fantasy points, he is he's really devastating, like we talked about a couple weeks ago. Oh, for sure. But, you know, I think after every game, we could probably say Jake Allen's done well. We've talked about that. And we've given him some praise. And now I kind of want to focus on a player that we both love and we both love to praise, but I don't think we've talked about enough. And that was Alex Romanov. Um, I'm, you know, not my favorite player in the world who said this, Ben Sherratt. But even he stated, he was like, that's the best I've seen Romy play. And I think that was easily one of Romanov's best games. Absolutely destroyed Kupari. Um, and what, the third period was it? With yeah. that massive fucking hip check. That was nice to see. And was great on the puck. Patient. He, he should not be on our third pairing. It's a fucking travesty. Um. I don't – I just I'm, – here I am getting upset. I don't know what Ducharme's doing. Well, I'm happy I'm happy that, like, he's playing this well because four episodes ago we were talking about, you know, is it worth sending him down kind of, you know, which – But I think saying- we, were, we were talking about that. We were saying that not because of how he played. No, no, of- no, because he wasn't going to get a, any play time. Then you know, he, he was going to get overlooked. And that's the thing. Romanov didn't – I always think Romanov's played more than he has. And that's because whenever he steps on the ice, I notice him. Mm-hmm. So it makes me think he's played more. Right. And yeah, yeah, like your eyes get glued to him. I mean, he's a exactly. he's a dynastic player. Like just tonight, seven hits. That's out of worldly for a fucking defenseman, just just in general. You know, like, yeah, they're gonna get a couple hits, they're gonna get a couple blocks, but seven hits, three blocks, he got a takeaway. I mean, he's almost played the most amount of shorthanded minutes shorthanded minutes and and he's i mean didn't let a power play goal go for for la like they romanov looked so just romanov's a top four defenseman yeah he's top four defenseman he's and honestly chris weidman and him should be on that second pairing they played Mm -hmm. well together they really have david savard 
Holy crap, David Savard. Um, listen, I think he needs to play with Romanov. I think he'll succeed in that role, and I haven't given up on him yet. But that guy has gotten walked so much. Like, I think this was the worst one, though. <laughs> oh, this is this is a brutal game. Like, he's been walked more than my dog has these past few weeks. <laughs> like, this guy is just not performing up to his contract, and I hate to fucking say it, but if it if this is what we get from David Savard, if this is who he is, and I want to say we were optimistic when Montreal signed the contract, but both of us were. We had our doubts. It looks like those were well-founded because this contract is reminding me of the Carl Elsner deal Mm -hmm. in which we just got off the books from. (laughs) So (laughs) it's not looking good. Um, Yeah, his play needs to improve or Montreal's in for a painful season, which I think we all knew we were. Where it's not, there's no hiding that anymore. We're in for a painful season. But, yeah, David Savard has not been as Mark Bergevin advertised, I guess we'll have to say. I mean, I also think it's tough for him, you know. Uh, I mean, the guy the guy is coming from Tampa Bay. He had one, <laughs> what, one, like a half a year with Tampa Bay. Um, and now he's back in another shit show like Columbus. Um, yeah, I expect but he was more. good in Columbus. Yeah, he was. Uh, I mean, like I expect more, but at least when he was in Columbus, it was like the years that he was good. Yeah, Columbus wasn't amazing, but it was like years where like Columbus had somewhat of a, you know, uh, a team composition, and this team right now he's just on is is very loosely, like. Uh, what, what kind of like like pasted together like a shitty uh ransom letter you know it's just different pieces just glued together nothing fucking looks like it's supposed to be there so I, I'm, tr- <laughs> I'm trying to give him a break you know what i'm saying i um, understand what you're saying because I, 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 think I saw what he you know we saw what he was capable with 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 tampa bay in 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 the final and i was like i'd love when we signed him i was like i, I love this guy like i think this is a great i think this is a great acquisition to have because you know not just against Tampa, but winning mentality, coming straight over uh, from a team that had just everything, all the pieces right, and now he's just on a fucking, I don't know, a five five thousand piece puzzle set with you know, see, half, I don't, a, half of the pieces missing. See, say that, but I, I see, I recall it differently. I remember us both being concerned about this. Yeah, I, I, God damn. Uh, yeah, no, I'm. I was very concerned about it, but I had hopes that, you Hopeful know, optimism. Yeah. He was sure. going to bring some of that, you know, but it, after 14 games, I just don't, I don't think this, like, I think this like is we're just see, who like David you're seeing Savard what David Savard is without like strong things around him to make and I him will, look better. Like I will say we need Joel Edmondson back. We Bad. are playing without Joel Edmondson. But at the end of the day, if Joel Edmondson returns, this team is still like, remember that conversation we had last episode about what Montreal was on pace for? It's worse now. (laughs) 
it's worse. Yeah. And if this team – Which is crazy because they played such a good game yesterday that, like – Did I hate they? because it – I Did mean, they? I, yeah, to me, yes. I I'm like sunk like a fucking fish. I've been hooked. Here's uh, how I here's now, how I know that they're gonna let me fucking down, but they hooked me. Just just one night of of game that I was able to watch. I was like, this is the most fantastic game I could possibly watch the season so far, other than like a blowout against Detroit. I hate to play that role of pessimist. But I feel like at this point of the season, someone needs to do it. So I guess I will. Um, like, yeah, I guess you could take the standpoint of, oh, Montreal took L.A. to overtime and they played a good game. They also didn't score on almost three power play opportunities. <laughs> they, they, admit, they had some great chances. I'll give you that. But they're still not converting on them. How many times did Mike Hoffman have an open look or hit the bar or something or uh, that, that last one, he wasn't, I mean, granted, you can't really, I'm not, I don't know what him. I'm doing in a second to think like that, but he didn't even look at the net. He just kind of put it behind him just thinking, yeah, there's no way in hell. Uh, what's the kid's name? Peterson. Uh, yeah. Peterson is going to be able to get over in time and he just, he didn't like- elevate it and he stuffed it. I'm not ignoring the fact that Cal Peterson played a fucking amazing game because he did quietly. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is out of in 14, it's just another game that Montreal hasn't been able to score three goals and say what you want about how the team played. I think they played. Okay. I think they played. The problem is I think they played the way you expect the team to play. It wasn't a good game. It right. was an average. That's the, it's good comparatively. Like I yeah, would say, no, this, this is not. This was not a a good game by all means. But it was a. It was from a, what it, I'm used to at this point. It's a. It game was enjoyable. You expect an NHL team to play, but at the same time, David Savard got walked twice. They gave up some brutal opportunity. They gave a brutal, a couple brutal power plays. By the way, Brendan Lemieux is a fucking pussy, but <laughs> in order for Montreal to get to overtime. It took a hero goal from Jake, one of the most ridiculous goals I've seen all season. If it wasn't for Connor McDavid, I'd be talking about goal of the fucking year. That was like, holy shit. I can't, like, we didn't even begin talking about that. And I want to praise Jake Evans for it. Like, I'm happy. Like, I was flipping out. Holy shit, Jake Evans, you God turned him inside out and just Yeah, I was screaming in my fucking bed. And of course, I love every time he fucking does something amazing. You know, the product of fucking Notre Dame. <laughs> like, yeah. Let's fucking go. Like the deke was great. The shot was even better. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy for him. And that was a great moment. If Jake Evans doesn't do that, Montreal loses two to one. Oh, Italy. absolutely. And I mean, what about the what about the other one? He he tried to come across the goalie just just a little bit too. Nixes, that's what I'm saying. Like like we've had some sustained success in the offensive zone. We've had some good goals. They've been individual outbursts of talent from no our team young, play from our young guys. Evans, Suzuki, Romanov's been joining the play. Think about all the excitement in that game. It was the youth. It was almost all entirely the youth or Jake Allen. 
And what I don't understand, and I'm going to keep preaching it because it's just the truth and we have to talk about it. And I'm sorry, I don't understand how this coaching staff has an inability to see these players and see that they de- they're demanding more ice time. But I want to I want to rewind a little bit. Just to that about, comment before we get into it. But I want to say you can get all the all the you all the young kids jerseys you want because chances are they're not gonna fucking be here in a while. Which is I'm only laughing because it's it's just out of pure panic. But they're not gonna get their chance. You know that's as sad as it is. Nick Suzuki is gonna be like the the one that didn't get away. And everyone else is going to fucking draft, walk. We didn't draft Nick Suzuki. I know we didn't, but we get we we're giving him like the the first overall draft pick treatment. You know, well and... they have to. They've backed themselves <laughs> into a look. Nick Suzuki's gonna is a star, but he's he's special. He has demanded like you can't you can't take that away from him, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Even but think about it, even when Phil Deneau was here, Nick Suzuki was never the number one C. He was the number one C, but he was not played as the number one C. This coaching staff, and in particular, Dominic Ducharme, and I did tweet this, but I think it's a good point to make here, and I can elaborate further. I I've been baffled by a lot of Ducharme's moves regarding young players when he benched KK in the the playoffs, Romanov in the playoffs, some utilization of Caulfield, even Jake Evans and Brian Paling, for example. Like, there's been a few times I'm like, why is he playing our young guys like that? And do you remember, you now, Corey, I don't know if you would have watched this because it's Canada, Team Canada, but in the World Juniors 2017, when Victor Mate was on Team Canada. They won gold. Mm-hmm. Was it 2018? One of those years. I think it was 2018. <clears throat> Kale McCarr was on that World Juniors team. And he was benched in games. All the, He was the seventh defenseman. On a blue line with Victor Mate, Connor Timmins. Like, think about that. The Avs' second best the Avs had two defenseman prospects on that team. They had Connor Timmins and Kel McCarr. Right. Their second best prospect played first line minutes way more than McCarr did. Ducharme was the coach of that team. McCarr was never utilized ever. Not six months later, Kale McCarr was had already had a point per game placed in the NHL. Like he was on his path to that mm-hmm. Calder. And when you kind of realize, like, when, it, when you take that into account, like, I don't think Ducharme's ever going to change. Like, this guy couldn't see how talented Kale McCarr was. And you're telling me you're entrusting, like, Bergevin is entrusting him with the development of a player like Romanov who's nowhere near as talented and is going to need some opportunity. He can't demand it. You're going to have to give him something like I know talking about it isn't going like it's not going to change anything they don't give a shit they're they won't they don't know this podcast exists but I'm saying that like holy shit 
do we need to like really consider how bad Ducharme is in a player development role? Like yeah. how how like this is like a running theme for him. So I don't know how we can su- be surprised anymore. Like this isn't gonna get better. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. Um, I, if I'm not mistaken, they did the same to Nate McKinnon. I think he got benched during the World Juniors, and I mean, fuck, he's like one of the faces of the league uh, now. Um, yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, it's not <clears throat> Nate McKinnon was a um, an underager when he was benched. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Kale McCard already been drafted, and mm. Nate McKinnon went to the NHL. Call me, call this blasphemy. Kale McCarr is a better player at this age than Nate McKinnon was. Okay. Kale McCarr, when he's 20. Well, Nate needed what? Two two years before he, like his Nate third needed, season. Nate needed like four or five. He was looking like, people forget, he was not looking like a first overall pick. Yeah. Kale McCarr, when he's 24, I think he's already there. I mean, on fucking real. He is already, in my opinion, a top 10 NHL player. And he has been a top 20 NHL player since his rookie season. My point is, you're telling me in six months, Kale McCarr went from a seventh defenseman at the World Juniors to a top 15 player in the world? No, he didn't. No, he had Ducharme, a coach overlook him. Ducharme is an idiot. <laughs> I think Ducharme just has, if you don't fit, and the way he wants to run the team, I mean, and that's what any coach, you know, you're just not gonna. Doesn't Wait, matter. Doesn't matter how good you are, you'll never get a chance to prove how good you are. Here's the and when you do prove that. it, he's just gonna still play someone like Sherratt. And here's the problem: I have never met a successful coach who's thought that way. You do not build a system and then mold players to it. You build your system around players. Yeah, what you have. And you can look at all the great coaches in the NHL. Yes, they have some main philosophies. Barry Trotz is a defensive-minded coach. He always has been. Mm -hmm. But he does not hamstring Matt Barzell. There are exceptions to every rule. Barry Trotz is successful because he knows that. If you watch the Islanders play... They're all very reserved. They don't really take risks. They don't do, you know what I mean? They they, yeah. they sit back. They let you fuck up. Every one of them, pretty much all of them, feed into that. And then Matt Barzell gets on the ice, and that guy, he's defensively <laughs> responsible. He does whatever the fuck he wants to. Yeah. Because you have to let your star players do what makes them successful. Alexander Romanov is not successful sitting at his blue line, you know, shoving people. Like he's not, that's not what makes him successful. He is successful when he's mobile because then it allows him to hit. It allows him to skate with the puck. It allows him to make passes. He is successful when he is able to do that. Cole Caulfield is successful when he is able to take the puck with speed coming down the wing. Or when he's able to sit there and hit a, a one-timer. He is not successful when the puck is dumped in and he has to retrieve it in the boards. Mm-hmm. 
And I speaking of call cool call field, sorry to cut you off. Uh found it tonight, uh strips the puck and then sets up. I, I don't know how he gets it through the defenseman's uh skates, but sets up Ryan Paling and somebody else to go on a two on one down down uh <laughs> Belleville's fucking defensive zone and just sets up a pretty ass goal. So happy, happy he's uh he's finding a bit of success. Yeah, definitely. It'll be nice to see him score one, hopefully get him going. But back to what I'm just saying, like, I'm a 19-year-old college student who's played about 10 games of hockey in my entire life. And I can see the problem with that. I don't understand how Ducharme can't. (laughs) Like, it's just frustrating i guess to say the least and i'm gonna continue this fucking fire the coaching staff train all fucking year (laughs) because i am honestly the plight for right has begun i'm waiting shane Wright looks fucking good and i want him Corey. (laughs) (laughs) have you seen this kid play uh just a bit I wish he'd come across more. Maybe I need to like like a couple of things so he comes across more on my timeline. Well, Shane Wright started the season through his first like six games. He only he only had like three. Like he had a very slow start. In his last few games, he's got he he's got like ten points in four games. He's got sixteen points, twelve games, six goals. As a underage, so as a 15-year-old in 2019-20, kids scored 39 goals in 58 games, 66 points. Shane Wright is fucking legit. He is a big center with talent. And (laughs) if him and Nick Suzuki are down the middle for us for years to come, that's franchise-altering. And even if we don't get him, like there's a there's the top end of this draft. It's fucking nice, man. It's it's like you can get some franchise players here. So the worst thing, honestly, I think could happen for this team right now going to run. is if Montreal <laughs> goes on a run. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not I'm I will never sit watch a hockey game and root for my team to lose. But oh my god, would it be nice to just suffer through it and be confident that my GM is gonna make the right pick? <laughs> but I'm not there yet. Yeah, maybe with another GM. <laughs> One can dream. And looking ahead next season, it only gets better in terms of drafting. And I think you know who I'm talking about, Connor Bedard, mm-hmm. who looks absolutely unbelievable. Just unbelievable. <laughs> so there is a light at the end of the tunnel for this season. I think we just might need different management to oversee it. And we've continued to reiterate that. So I apologize for the um, repetition, but. (sighs) I got something to reiterate, though, for real, though. Uh... (laughs) Oh, shit. Sorry. 
It's our DraftKings sponsor read. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on better fucking segues. Uh, folks, the NHL season is underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can pick, Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit, a $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Beautiful. Thanks. Now, if I'm going to bet, <laughs> speaking of betting, if I had to take my bet on the Art Ross this year, Jesus Christ, are McDavid and fucking Dreisaitl going off again? Mm-hmm. 23 points in 11 games for McDavid. I think, uh, <laughs> I think, uh, our buddy Michael, uh, I forgot what his handle is now. I think it's, um, Caulfield Habs 2. Um, he posted like two weeks ago. He was like, it is so unfair that Edmonton gets Connor McDavid every night and we've got Lekin and missing. Miss Missing the net by two fucking feet. It is truly They've unfair. They've got both of them. They've got both of them. They've got fucking Big David and Dreisaitl. I know. It's unfucking real over there. It's unreal that they're still... You know, I uh, Edmonton, a lot of people are pretty high on Edmonton. I'll believe it when I see it. I, I don't, I don't think... I think they, they are great offensively, but they've been shut down in the past. Their defense is still... We'll see. Very washy. Um, that backup here, goalie that's that's playing right now, that I think Koskinen or some shit. Uh, he's never, been playing great. Koskinen's a pretty expensive backup. Yeah, he's four point five million dollars, but he's like seven million. and one right now. So give it, you know, I give it what it is. Um, one thing crazy to get rid of Ethan Bear because Ethan Bear has really filled. Um, Dougie Hamilton spot in the Canes. I, I don't know why you give up on a player like that, uh, but I guess it. I don't, I don't even remember what the return was, if I'm being honest with you. But um, I always say their problem is fucking defense and goals and and, and goalie. Um, I felt that Matt Smith can kind of hold his own if Mike. Connor and them. Yeah, Mike. Sorry, Jesus. I will never stop doing that. Um, I think he can hold his own if Connor and Dreisaitl, uh, if they can just outscore the opponent, but defensively they're still lacking. 
And this year, their defense, at least fantasy-wise, has been kind of horrible unless you're playing a league with a lot of uh, a lot of hits and and blocks and shit because uh, your, your buddy Tyson Berry is really not uh, – I know I got Not him on being my the guy fantasy this year. team. <laughs> got him on my team. Can't let him go though, because I just know he's gonna pop. Yeah, off. as soon as as soon as you do, as soon as you do, goes nuts. Well, do you want to hear a ridiculous McDavid stab before we wrap things up? Yeah, let's go. McDavid's last year in the OHL. Erie Otters made a uh, Calder Calder Cup push. Mm-hmm. Not a Calder, sorry, whatever the fuck it's called. I can't remember what it's called down there. Anyway. Played 20 games. David had 21 goals, 28 assists, and 49 points. What was that? One more time. <laughs> 20 games played, 21 goals, 28 assists, and 49 points. Jesus. That's nuts. <laughs> he had 100. He had 120, oh, shit. 128 points in 47 games for the Erie Otters. Wow. that's fucking Uh, ridiculous so they i want to say they play for i'm looking it up if i'm wrong i'm southern uh the jay ross robertson cup is i think i don't i ohl plays for this is hey look man i'm using wikipedia wikipedia is either a hundred percent wrong or it's a hundred percent right uh there's no like in between you either like it's a completely fucked one or it's a it's right so uh i think it's the robertson cup which is ironic because that's what uh the robertson cup is also the same name as the one the shreveport mudbugs won the fictional shreveport mudbugs <laughs> well just even looking at that 20 that 2015 draft class is fucking insane like, just ridiculous. If you scroll down that draft class, the amount of players that just... Wow. Like, iconic right now. Like, They're, well, the top the top three are McDavid, Marner, Eichel. I can keep going. There's Aho, Rantanen, Connor, Barzell, Konechny, Besser, Timo Meyer, Wierenski, Bavolier, Provorov, Hannafin, Shabbat, Zaka, Jesus. Jake DeBrus. They're all Anthony future play, like, future... You know, captains of the league. Strom, Garland, Vince Dunn, Jack Roslovic, Eric Sinek, Rupi Hintz, Conway, Andrew Mengiapani, Jordan Greenway, Lawson Kraus. Remember when he was supposed to be a top three pick? Mm-hmm. Christian Fisher, like Rasmus Anderson, Dennis Gurionov, Troy Terry, who's having an amazing year. Kirill Dude, Kaprizov. oh my God. So dumb for me not picking him up. My cousin thinks he's like, Bob McKenzie now he's like, yeah, man, found this deep sleeper. I'm like, all right. I he was you. a sleep. That was a good he sleeper was. pick. And hockey trolls won't listen to this, but if he had him last week, I wouldn't have skull dragged them eight to one. I give you that. <laughs> it was brutal. And then of course he picks him up as I'm trying to grab him. I'm like, you know what? He kind of needs him. Kind of needs him. But uh well, anyway. I have nothing else to add since we're just fawning over McDavid. I don't either. Why don't you take us out so I can get some sleep? All right. I gotta well, edit. All right. Well, that's going to be everything for today. Thank you guys for listening. 
As always, you can find us at Habs Nightly on Instagram or Twitter, although the Instagram is dead right now, so don't recommend to follow. I'll have to get on that at some point. Kind of the worst plug ever, but we'll take it from there. You can follow Corey at the Bayou Benders on Twitter and Instagram. Don't know how active he is on Instagram, but probably a little better than the Habs Nightly <laughs> not account. Not even, not even. I'll All right, so <laughs> without further ado, that's Habs Nightly for today. And you're stopping by. Can't wait to hear it. see you guys on Monday. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.